Welcome everybody to a truly awesome episode of Hashtag Prepped. I'm your host Naka and today we are spending time discussing a standout activity on several students' college resumes and that is science research. Science research is a tremendous pursuit to have on a resume since it reflects a severe level of dedication, energy, and intellect. But it is quite demanding and poses unique challenges for students to think creatively and these high schoolers are not just solving science problems, they're solving the current real-life problems that we face every day. So apart from the accolades and awards that could be won through intense competition, students get a unique opportunity to contribute to the scientific community and commingle with peers of the same mindset, all while tackling some of the biggest technological, ecological, and medical challenges we face as a species. So to help me discuss how to get the most out of your science research experience and how to start getting involved, we are beyond tremendously lucky to have the godmother of science research on the show with us today. She's the founder of the iResearch Institute, iResearch Academy, president of the New York State Science and Engineering Fair, and the Jericho High School Science Research Coordinator, Dr. Serena McCullough. Thanks for joining us on the show today. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to have you on the show, not only because we both taught many Jericho High School students who have done well, but because you're also an Emmy Award-winning teacher. <laughs> yes, by because via Science Fair, the series, National Geographic series. Um, yeah, I guess our team won a bunch of Emmys. Yes. <laughs> yes, I, I remember seeing you. Uh, well, we met through one of the other science research coordinators out there at Manhattan High School, Mrs. Hanger. And uh, I remember seeing both of you on that Disney Plus documentary there. And I was like, I have to have both of them on. I'm more than <laughs> excited to have you on for the show. Thank you for taking time out of your busy summer schedule, especially with the iResearch Institute, to be with us today. How long ago did you start the iResearch Institute? And what was the stimulus for starting this iResearch opportunity? It's so funny that you asked that. I actually started the iResearch Institute because my students wanted me to start it. I would go to competitions and see issues on students' boards who were not my students. And I would just go up to them and say, hey, let me give you a suggestion on how you could improve this for the future. And then my students kind of got upset with me. And they were like, how are you helping the other kids win against us? And I said, listen, my few comments here is not enough really for them to beat you because you have me all the time and you're really well prepared. But I can assist them with the few things I can um, help them revise in the short time frame that we have together. And I would do it at every competition and it would always say something about it. And then finally, one of the kids said, you know, that's actually really nice that you're doing that. And I'm going to build you a website. So he built the website for me. Another student built our logo. Another student actually promoted it. And collectively, they began the iResearch Institute for me. Um, that being said, um, it became a real company in 2017 when I decided, you know, it was getting a little out of hand, kind of doing it on the side. And I wanted to see, you know, and create a true business model to kind of support students in their research endeavors. And we actually included a foundation because one of my major goals was most of the students at some of these high stakes competitions have research programs, research teachers, but the kids who I was spending the most time with had neither. So I built the foundation, the iResearch Foundation, in order to kind of raise money to pay for these kids to join my program and 
have the support that they may not be able to get from their school district. So long story short, 2017. And it really started because I wanted to help kids that I didn't think had access and provide a forum for them now to get some of the skills that I teach my students and the other students on Long Island get from their own respective research programs. That's amazing. And I love how that it was started by a few ambitious students because... uh, (laughs) As we're going to find out through this podcast, these kids are amazing. They they are more than that. They're outgoing too. And then they have like this uh, kind of gumption, this impetus to kind of go and do things like create websites, create logos. And then we're going to see all these science research projects that they're doing. So Serena, what is science research? Well, science research is our way of coming up with a question, an innovative thought process, and then using the scientific method to address that question. So we use the scientific method either in a wet bench laboratory where we're actually doing an experiment hands-on, or we use data science and bioinformatics and omics in order to use data that's already available outside in in the world and use that data to address a specific question. So there's a lot of ways we can do research today. Interesting. And and who would you say science research is for just because uh, you take a lot of science classes or you take a lot of APs or honors? Does that necessarily mean that you should be doing science research? No. Science research is for anyone who has a passion for science and have thought of questions that they believe no answer exists and want to figure out on their own if they can address that and, and find an answer to that question. So it's really the innovators, the the, the thinkers, the, the the kids who are just motivated by the unknown. Those are the kids that are great science research students. So it doesn't matter about what AP classes you're taking. It doesn't matter about, you know, if you are the valedictorian or not. It's about whether or not you have a motivation and a passion for science. That's that's the kids I want to see in my science research programs. Yeah, it's it's for the naturally curious, I'd like to say. Absolutely. So when would you say is a good time to start science research? Is there like, is senior year too late or junior year too late? It depends on what your goals are. I think that you can start science research as early as seventh or eighth grade, but you may not have enough science background in order to do a great research project at that age. Um, We particularly like to really work with the 10th graders. And I think that that's a great place to start. I don't think it's too late for anybody to do science research. It really, again, depends on your goals. If your plan is to use your research for competition and to put something on your resume for college, then of course, you, the sooner you start it, the, the, the greater chance you have to make some mistakes and then correct those mistakes and really have a great product. But I think all students, regardless of the age, benefit from research because it trains them how to think. It makes them good orators. It builds your confidence. So there's a lot of benefits outside of winning a competition to do research. More than just the research that they're doing, they're also presenting it to an audience. Correct. And the ability to sell, air quotes on that, (laughs) their product is, is an important skill. You know, when they become their own boss or if they become a leader in their field, you always are going to have to be able to sell a product in some way or another, even in medicine. So what are some of the support systems that students have in place? And like, if they don't have a science research program at their school? Honestly, um, there's not a whole lot of support, unfortunately. I think that there are some programs out there that offer um, skeletal programs that will kind of 
um, walk kids through parts of the scientific method. But I think that my program at our research is pretty unique because we not only focus on uh, mentorship with a project idea, but we also review the scientific method and research methods and to a, a level of understanding that you may not see in most high school settings or even in college for that, for that, you know, that much. So Serena, what are some of the categories that students can look into for science research and how has that kind of changed since you and I were in high school? I think the fact that we are now more proficient in artificial intelligence, machine learning, and omics, bioinformatics, metabolomics, and all of those omics, um, that's really become more prevalent in the last 10 to 15 years. So you wouldn't have, you would not find a bunch of research papers from 1990s and earlier in those fields. And because students now can code pretty much, everybody can code a little bit. I think that those skills are now being translated to research. So what is novel and new coming to the forefront in research is machine learning projects, AI projects, bioinformatics projects that you didn't see 20 years ago. And I think that's fantastic because now these kids who are growing up with the computers are now bringing those skills to research. And it's fantastic. Oh, tremendous. And what were some of the classic categories? So now you have all these new ones. What were the ones? Classic categories, you know, typical biochem, environmental sciences, physics, mathematics, and which now we are incorporating all of the machine learning, AI, and omics into. But before it would all be traditional. We'd be in a wet bench, we'd be mixing things, or you're sitting in a in a room, you know, figuring out proofs with another brilliant mind. Now we're doing a lot of it virtually and digitally, and it's it's moving so fast. Yeah, I was and reading a paper on just like protein folding. Now you can just do that on the computer, and then AI absolutely. will handle that versus doing it in the classic lab. That's so interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and you were talking about you know sharing thoughts with another person in the room. There, uh, do most of the students conduct research with mentors in a professional setting, or do they do it kind of in a high school lab? I think a lot of the the top programs and schools are doing research with mentors. Or if they're doing programs and working in labs in the high school, it's usually because their teacher has a strong background in a specific field. You won't see, you know, 25 projects in 25 different disciplines coming out of one high school that is regulated with one teacher or one professor. You're going to probably see, for example, Manhattan, I know that they have a lot of environmental sciences because teachers very strong in environmental science. I know that at Hewlett, they will do a lot of plant projects because Dr. Basunio is very strong in his plant research. So I think that is really grounded in what is available to the students. But if there isn't a research program, most of the students that you see at the upper echelon competitions are going to have help with a mentor. Any advice on how to find mentors out there? Yeah. It, finding mentors is getting more and more difficult, unfortunately. I think that research is, especially due to COVID. Tremendously. Um, they're so busy because now they're doing a catch up for themselves in order to, um, you know, meet their grant deadlines and, and continue their own research that they don't have the time before COVID that they had to entertain high school students in the laboratory. So it is definitely becoming more difficult. You can use a lot of different methods. I mean, if you have connections, that always helps. Your parents have connections to someone in research that helps. 
You can join programs, but you really need to vet the programs because they're definitely not all the same. Um, I think that people know that students are looking for outlets to enhance their science learning and potentially abuse the system by um, saying what their programs offer, but they really don't. So the parents really have to do their due diligence with whatever they're and whomever they're sending their kids to, to make sure that it's worth, you know, whatever they're spending to have their kids work with these groups. Yeah, absolutely. Because it is, it's a commitment in time, energy, financial mm-hmm. commitment as well. Actually, Serena, I do have a question since it is a time commitment. One of my students was asking me the other day if you had any advice on how to balance science research with, say, extracurriculars and quote unquote life. I 100% agree that it sometimes becomes overwhelming. I want the kids to know that it ebbs and flows, though. It's not always stressful. It's not always easy. It There is definitely um, not a constant level of stress if you're, if you're managing your time properly. I honestly think that when they're at their most leisurely, which is during the summer, is when they probably should be spending the most time on their research. And then during the school year, when life gets a little bit more hectic, that's when they will be able to like pull back a little bit on doing their work and still having a life. I always tell my students, and I know people probably, if they know me and the success of my programs, they'll be like, really? They'll be surprised to hear me say this. I definitely think it's important for the kids to stop and take a breather and not constantly work because no one is a machine. And I don't want my kids to act like they are machines because eventually they'll break and I don't want them to break. So as I stated, I force them to take a break. And okay, you don't have to do it all today, this week, this month. We need to have a plan so that you know what your steps are to achieve whatever your goals are. And if you don't have a plan, then then you're going to have moments where you think you're going to, you know, fall apart. Absolutely. plan helps. Yeah, and uh, just to to pitch one of our old episodes that we did uh, recently this season, our mental health episode, you have to hustle around good habits. So that includes sleeping, eating right, mm-hmm. and planning ahead. And, and Serena, I love that you force your kids to take a break because even with our SAT stuff, we have students who start in the summer, they make the push all the way through like November, and then the parents are like, let's make the push to December. I was like, eh, it's time for a break. Mm-hmm. They've been going yes. – They've been going full blast this whole time. Mm -hmm. It's time for a break because you need, you need that, especially as they are still growing up and developing too. They need to have fun too. They're kids. It needs to be fun. And speaking of fun and kind of the ebbs and flows, I'm guessing the, the time and energy they put in kind of moves with these competitions with that all these kids get to go to. So what are like the major competitions out there and what are they kind of like? Okay. So I guess at the top, and I call it the Nobel Prize of <laughs> competitions would be Regeneron Science Talent Search, but you can only do that one as a senior. Um, and to me, that's like the high school Nobel Prize. Um, and then you have Regeneron ISEF, which to me is just slightly beneath that one, is um, an international competition. About 80 countries are represented at that competition. It's amazing. It's for one week in May, and the kids really meet other kids that match their skill set and their desire to be excellent in science and science research. So I love Regeneron STS. I happen to be the president of the New York State Science and Engineering <laughs> Fair. So that's one of my favorite competitions. And that's like the regional, uh, uh, local competition, statewide competition that 
leads up to going to ICEF. And then all of the other CEFs are like feeder fairs, either into the state fair or they can sometimes have a direct route to ICEF. So it depends on where the kids are from, um, what their feeder fair is. But anything that ends in SEF is probably a science and engineering fair associated with the international science and engineering fair. Oh, very interesting. And all these competitions, they do have these uh, kind of tremendous awards that they have, and you do get to meet some cool people. Uh, Any Absolutely. people that you've met or any awards that stand out in your mind? Well, for Regeneron STS, the top prize is $250,000, and that's a check, not a scholarship. So that's amazing. I've learned that some My jaw is dropped. <laughs> yeah, right? Me too. I know some, that's more than what I'm making a year. You know, um, some of the kids go to, um, ISEF, and depending upon how spectacular you are, the top prize is $75,000, but you may also win some special awards, and that could bring you upwards of over $125,000 by the time you leave that week of competitions. Absolutely. Um, at all of the regional fairs, there's some kind of prize, usually. It may be a trophy or it might be a small check, but I'll take a bunch of small checks, you know? <laughs> Any any amount of money is fine by me. If it's because it's a celebration of my hard work and efforts, I'll take it. Um, I can say that at some of these competitions, you might meet a few amazing people. I met uh, Neil Tyson DeGrasse at Regeneron STS. Um, I I met everyone loves uh, everyone Adam. hates Adam. Yeah, um, at STS. So you will every year meet a few people at the bigger. Uh, competitions. I we meet some no, Nobel laureates at ISEF, so they have like a panel of Nobel laureates. Uh, all of the major universities are at ISEF, so MIT, Harvard, and and local universities are all at ISEF with tables or giveaways or something. So you meet some of the deans and some of the admin from some of those larger schools. So I mean, it's more than just a competition. I think the biggest takeaway for me for the competitions is meeting people who love what you love in an atmosphere that celebrates science. That to me is more important even than the money. Tremendously finding that community. That is, that is always yeah. big. And, and really for some of these students, it's the first time they're making friends outside of their bubble of a town as well. That, that's so important. So kind of to wind down this episode, what is the point of science research, would you say? I think that science research is an outlet for you to share your passions in science. I think science research allows you to communicate with PhDs in the topic that you're interested in. So that also gives you, you know, the idea about what's next in this field and what's interesting in this field that adults are now looking into. I think it's a place to make some, you know, cash if you, if that's a goal. I think it's another way to, uh, solidify a phenomenal transcript and, and show them that you're not one dimensional and you're only taking test, but you're also a good thinker and you can kind of sell your work. So I think science research is for anybody that wants to be the best at whatever it is they love. Oh, that's, that's so nice. And, you know, uh, to kind of make it all encompassing with college admissions, I'm remembering one of my friends was on a wait list for a whole bunch of universities, all the IVs. This is over two lifetimes ago. And then he won or got qualified as a semifinalist for one of the, I think it was Intel back in the day. And now it's yes, been yes. 
turned into Regeneron and everything. Mm -hmm. Uh, But then he got immediately, I think the day he got uh, the award, he got off the wait list and got into college. Mm -hmm. So it is a tremendous activity that uh, a lot of our students do. And, you know, thank you for being here to kind of discuss that. And uh, we'd like to end every episode with what I like to call the hashtag prep pro tip. So, Serena, what do you think would be like your all-encompassing tip for the students? My all-encompassing tip would be follow your dreams. If you really have a strong passion for something, fight for it. And that sometimes it's okay not to do everything. Pick and choose. If you really love something, spend the time to really investigate it and dig into it. And does that mean you might have to give up something else? Probably, but that's okay. You don't have to be the jack of all and the master of none. I love research and I'm really good at it because I spend a lot of time doing it. The godmother of science research. So Serena, (laughs) if anyone's interested in joining the iResearch Institute or iResearch Academy for the next season, how can they reach out to you? They can find a lot about our programs at iResearchCorporation.com. And we are all over social media, either at Dr. McCalla or iResearchCorp. Yeah, and I'm going to put all those links in the show notes for everybody to reach out to you. Alrighty, so sitting across from me, we have the godmother of science research, Dr. Serena McCullough. My name is Naka, and this has been Hashtag Prepped.